power. Our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's freaking go, LSU fans. You are witnessing the beginning of one of the greatest recruiting classes in the history of Tigers football. Are you freaking kidding me? 2025, Devin Harper commits a really nice in-state offensive line prospect. What a day to be an LSU Tiger fan. Big shout out to whoever you are watching this. Please hit the like button, five-star review, all that good stuff. But the bottom line is Brad Davis is becoming one of the best position coaches in LSU history with the way he's recruited and completely flipped uh, this offensive line prospect that um, or, or this offensive line narrative. And, you know, just a few years ago, LSU was relying on transfer portal centers of line with blue chip backups. They brought in six offensive linemen in last year's class, including an on three five-star in Weston Davis. And you're already getting the things going for the 2025 crop at the single most important position to recruit out of high school, which is the offensive line. Folks, I wish you could feel my heart right now. It is beating through this microphone. So tonight we're giving out all kinds of stuff. Really excited about that. So, we're going to talk about Devin Harper. We're also going to talk a little bit here at the beginning about James Simon. Okay? I love James Simon. I was on AYS earlier tonight. Shared my love for James Simon. I think he's really freaking good. I don't think the gap between him and Harlan Barry is as big as the recruiting services uh, show it to be. I think James Simon is a big-time prospect. This is a guy who led his team to a state championship last season. And I think those two coming in will be unfreaking believable. And that doesn't include the greatest LSU recruit that they have ever landed in Bryce Underwood earlier this year. So really freaking excited about that. Okay. Now, this is what I need you to do. All right. This is a guy that everyone keeps talking about. And I want to share this clip. From my friend Preston Guy. And apparently, this young man is doing a lot of the recruiting for LSU. And I'll tell you more about him coming up in just a moment. I mean, at the end of the day, we got an ultimate goal, which was one of our targets, your boy Antoine. So, I mean, I told y'all he was next, and he ended up being next. So, there's only, <laughs> only much more I can do. Well, now that you got him, who are you, who are you pushing for now? Who's next on your list? Devin Harper. Uh, I feel like my main thing is we want to lock down the boot first, and then we're going to start getting guys. But, of course, Damian Pickett is going to be there tomorrow. So I would try and make it there, just, you know, get in his ear about what he's thinking about, you know, what LSU is really about and what we're rebuilding here. But um, our next in-state guy is going to be Devin Harper. And for sure, um, out-of-state guy is going to be either Fahim Delane or – Damian Pickett. I mean, whichever number one safety chooses yeah. to get first. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we got an ultimate goal, which was one of our targets, Jaboy. That right there was Keelan Mowers. Okay. 
That is a four-star who's also committed to the class of 2025. And I remember just a few years ago when a Moses from University High set LSU ablaze when he picked Alabama over LSU. It seems like Keelan Moses is changing the Moses name. I freaking love it. Okay. Um, He is doing a lot of the good recruiting for LSU. And that was really cool that he called that shot. And, you know, we, we did a whole thing on Jabari Antoine over this weekend. I've not watched a whole lot of Jabari Antoine. I've not watched a whole lot of Devin Harper. Okay. I've been trying to watch as many transfer portal guys as I possibly can. Watch a good bit of Jaleel Muhammad over the weekend, and I'm pretty excited about him. Hopefully, he commits and helps help uh, helps us out next year. But I'm telling you this right now, okay? One thing that is very clear to me is Brian Kelly is putting a strong, and I mean strong, emphasis on 2025 recruiting. And not necessarily just 2025 recruiting, but high school recruiting. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean they are done in the portal. That does not mean that at all. But what I can tell you is Brian Kelly wants to make this a more high school football recruiting type of program. And I'm with him. I think he was fed up with the transfer portal class that was brought in. I don't think he necessarily views that as a sustainable way of playing. And sure, high school kids can come in and transfer themselves. And you can make an argument that getting transfers is is better than um, mostly focusing on high school football recruiting. But who's to say LSU isn't done in the transfer portal? Okay? So I'm really excited about this class. And I'm really excited about not only 2025, but 2024. Now. Next thing I want to get to is Austin Thomas. But before we get that, we say hi to James. We say hi to Jared, L.A. Mom, Trey, Cole, SPF, newer to the channel, Kedrick in Austin, the Master Blaster, Kenneth, Michael. I love it. Good to see each and every one of you. Pooh Bear. Next thing. I want to talk about Austin Thomas. What are his tasks? What what is what is he going to do? That's a question that I have been asked quite a bit. And the truth is, none of us really know. All right. And besides Jared, thank you so much. Our first super chat of the evening. We're going to tell you what we're giving out in just a second. But let me let me say, share this about Austin Thomas really quickly. Okay. Thank you so much, Trey. Also a very nice super chat. I appreciate you. Okay. Um. Look. With the off-the-field people, okay, LSU and major college football programs from around the country, there are so many behind-the-scenes people that you don't necessarily know what they do. Like, you know, with someone like Sherman Wilson, you know, he is obviously a big personnel guy. He is someone that relates with the players, but he also has an eye for talent, okay? There's a lot of guys that do so many different things. Some are focused on high school recruiting. There's a lot of talented ladies that work behind the scenes at LSU football. It is such a massive operation that you probably ask yourself, what is the point of someone like Austin Thomas? And the answer to that is maybe LSU doesn't quite know exactly what he's going to do, but they know that they needed reinforcements, guys that have been around. And what I could tell you is 
do we win the 2019 LSU National Championship without Jacob Phillips? Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But Austin Thomas played a role in getting Jacob Phillips and to an, uh, another extent, Jacoby Stevens, to LSU. Okay, This is a guy who's well-connected. This guy who's been in multiple SEC staffs. This is a guy who caused Lane Kiffin to have a meltdown on Twitter. So apparently he's good at something. One thing I want to push back on, all right, and this is something that I think people criticize way too much, all right, is, well, he's jumped around a lot. And that's the sign of someone who isn't loyal. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I don't know Austin Thomas personally, but unless you know him or you know people that know him, you should never criticize a coach who jumps from job to job because that is the coaching industry in a nutshell. Some guys jump from job to job because they aren't that good. But there's also other guys that jump from job to job because they get poached by other people to go from this job to this job to this job. One of the most talented minds in all of college football is a young man by the name of Brennan Marion. He's about my age. Okay. He is the offensive coordinator at UNLV. And he has coached everywhere. Over the past 13 seasons, I believe he has been at 11 different jobs. Let me repeat. 13 seasons, 11 different jobs. That doesn't look good, right? It, it shows unreliability to the naked eye. But the opposite is actually true. He kept getting better jobs. He kept getting promotions. He went from Pitt, where he coached Jordan Addison. Then he went to Texas, where Steve Sarkeesian poached him. And then he went to UNLV to run the entire offense, okay? Sometimes... People go from job to job because they're talented. They're young. They have more mobility than an older coach might have. Okay? So I don't really consider that a criticism. All right? And that's been something that's been said to me quite a bit from uh, not only some of you, but people um, that follow the program and donate to the program um, quite a bit. So I, I don't think that's a criticism, and I think he's going to come in and, and and hopefully organize and right the ship. We have lost a lot of behind-the-scenes staffers uh, recently, Bogan to UConn and obviously Will Redmond to Auburn. But hopefully Austin Thomas will help out Brian Kelly and get our recruiting and all of that even to another level. And I think he's going to deal more with roster management and so on and so on. Okay? So – those are my two top topics. I want to get to a lot of other things, including some views towards next season. We're also going to talk some LSU women's basketball uh, tonight. I'll be very forthright. I was not able to watch a game last night. I was calling college basketball. Obviously, a passion of mine is doing play-by-play, -play, and I had the good fortune to have a good play-by-play -play job. And obviously, this is the hottest portion of the season for me. So, I love play-by-play. -play. I want to do play-by-play -play on football. I want to color commentary. I like doing that, too. Um, and I'm a one-man boost, so it's kind of hard to do everything all at once. Um, so good to be with you, and uh, we're, we're going to get to as many of your questions as we possibly can. Okay? Now, let's see here. Trey, thank you for your donation. Trey, I know you got to go. Is there any topic you want to get to immediately? I am very happy to do that. And he wants to talk about locking down the state. 
So let's do it. Let's first uh, show you this 2025 crop. And look, the 2024s are really good. And in the view of On3, On3 has a more favorable view of the 2024 class than the other services. But I do want to show you what the 2025 crop looks like, okay? So we start things off here with the best recruit in LSU history, which is Bryce Underwood, okay? That's just a fact, according to the services. You might not think he's the best, but he is the best according to the powers that be, all right? DeCorian Moore, big time. Harlem Berry, a really good running back prospect out of St. Martin's Episcopal School, okay? Jabari Antoine, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Top 100 corner, 6'1". Great size for our corner. Devin Harper, who just committed a few hours ago. Keelan Moses, who you just heard from a minute ago. And I want you to see this blue chip ratio. Consistent four stars, right? This is one of the lower ranked guys in the class. Keelan Moses. And you see he's a leader of men. J.D. LaFleur. Dad obviously played in the NFL from Sulphur, Louisiana. Brett Bordelon, of course, also has LSU ties throughout his family. An older brother that's on the team. Teron Francis, a 6'1", wide receiver from Edna Carr, which is a football factory. And Jalen Bell, Bell is the only three-star that LSU has committed, a 5'10", corner out of Loganville, Georgia. So that is your 2025 recruiting class right now. And how can you not get a warm, tingling feeling in your body right now about that recruiting class? How can you not feel excited about it? And I understand. Well, Carter, this is the NIL era. These kids could go to new schools. And guess what? You're right. And I know a lot of you are, I don't care until you sign on the dotted line. And guess what? You are perfectly fine to feel that way. Some of you are listening to this on a podcast after the fact, and you're driving to work right now, and you're like, God, dog, Carter, don't get me so excited just for this class to completely turn into dust and sign with Ohio State or whoever it might be. But do you really think that that many players would do such a thing? No. It ain't happening. Because we're going to have a good team next season, and those kids are going to want to be a part of a championship culture that's being built at LSU. Okay? So, obviously, there's going to be some of these kids that flip. That eventually commit to 2025 and 2026. 2026 in the state of Louisiana apparently is going to be better than the 2025 in the state of Louisiana, which is crazy. But the recruiting here is going to hit another level, which lends myself into this next topic. Brad Davis. All right. Folks, we are witnessing something truly special with a coach. Originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Learn from the guy who probably has the best OL reputation in the country and Sam Pittman. And left Sam Pittman to come to LSU. And he came into a room, pause, that was in a situation where we were relying on offensive tackle transfers from Harvard to play center. And that is unacceptable. And 
Those offensive lines at LSU before Brian Davis, they weren't bad. They, they, they weren't bad at all. Okay. The 2007 LSU offensive line to this day is one of the most underrated position groups in LSU history. They do not get the credit that they deserve for that national championship. But the reputation of LSU becoming an offensive line factory, it kind of feels like when Joe Burrow changed the reputation of LSU as a non-quarterback school. Okay. Now, which is more important, being a quarterback school or an offensive line school? The answer is probably offensive line because you need five of those guys on the field at once. Quarterback is kind of a one-off, right? Nowhere in the history of mankind did anyone ever think that three consecutive North Carolina quarterbacks would be top draft picks because quarterback is random, right? Offensive line is not random, okay? You've got to establish a culture to where the Best offensive linemen in high school want to go to your school. And we've seen that at Wisconsin. We've seen it at Georgia. We've seen it at Alabama. And now you see it at LSU. Thanks to Brian Davis. And a lot of it's Brian Kelly as well. Let's be real. BK has been a big offensive line producer. And the quality of the position at LSU has gone up. Now, did Brad Davis hit a gold mine? When Embry Jones and Will Campbell were in the same recruiting class early in his tenure at LSU, hell yes, he did. Okay. But this guy, Brad Davis, was under more pressure than any other coach on the staff for this reason. He was the one coach that wasn't a Brian Kelly coach. Okay. And at the first, he was the one coach that wasn't bringing in the elite out-of-state offensive linemen. But now he's done that. DJ Chester, come on down. Ethan Calloway, come on down. Weston Davis, come on down. This man worked his ass off to get us to where we are right now, and he deserves a lot of credit for it. And we did a podcast on Patreon. Once again, you should sign up for the PHL Patreon. And I did a stock up, stock down, and my patrons can tell you this. Nobody on LSU football, coach or player, has done more to change the perception of himself from when he began to where he is now than Brad Davis. Okay. And it's 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 crazy. It's it's crazy to see what he's done. Okay. So big, big shout out to him and big shout out to the offensive lineman, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Charles Turner, and those guys for putting together Joe Moore Award finalist level offensive lines. That's really good stuff. And obviously Gary Dellinger, Miles Frazier, and so on and so on. Okay. Now Trey's obviously really excited about that. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> LD88 says he's tingling. Okay. Now, if some of you are tingling in a bad way, please go consult a physician. <laughs> huh? 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 Anytime I say like the consult a physician line, I'm thinking if you or someone has had a you know what that has lasted for more than four hours. Go see a doctor. <laughs> that has always been the most interesting legalese. Hey, fellas, if you get a little too happy, if you get a little too happy, if you get a little too happy, and you can't get unhappy, 
call your nearest physician. <laughs> Imagine walking into the ER with that problem. You can't just use the scrubs. We say hi to uh, Jared. Say hi to Van B. Tyler, he'll be there on February 17th. And you guys see the poll question. Which LSU player are you most excited to meet February 17th at the Bossier City Civic Center? Xavier Debo Atkins currently winning this poll. Don't forget, it's a free event. Bring the kiddos. You get to meet me, but more importantly, you get to meet future hopeful NFL draft picks. And it's all for a good cause. Roy's kids. Okay, Bossier City Civic Center, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And this is the God's honest truth. I don't get paid a cent from them. To, to, to promote this event. And I go and spend my own money to go and drive, spend the whole day. I set up my whole thing too. I set up my podcast equipment. We do a show from there. We also, um, uh, I also give a lot of my merchandise out. It's a card show, memorabilia show. We want to see you there. Okay. Now, next thing. All right. Oh, Pegasus, does that happen to you? Might not be the worst problem to have. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. Uh, I'm glad Jared brought this up. I've been calling a lot of college basketball play-by-play stuff. Really excited that I get to do this opportunity. And it's for YouTube streams. And I bring that up because I wasn't able to watch a game last night versus Mississippi State. LSU women's lost again. LSU men's basketball skidding a little bit. And... It kind of sucks today because South Carolina did beat Tennessee. And, you know, those are the types of programs you got to fight off to get into the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a long way for LSU men's basketball to get to there. They are playing better. But let let me touch on the LSU women's basketball team really quickly. Okay. This is not a deep team. Um, It is incredibly exhausting to go on the road and you be the Beatles everywhere you go. Where you're Taylor Swift everywhere you go. It's pandemonium, right? You're getting mobbed. Uh, there's people waiting for you at the entrance. They're hating your guts and all that stuff. And I'll get back into football in here in just a minute. But, you know, I got a few requests to talk some LSU women's basketball. And, look, I I, I, I want to defend Haley Van Lith here, all right? There's obviously health concerns. She played a lot of basketball uh, during the offseason with the three-on-three stuff. Uh, you know, the, the fit's been tough, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of discourse about her being a true point guard or, or, or whatever. I do think she'll eventually turn it on. But th- the biggest issue for them right now is the depth. OK. Um, and I think any single one of you can can see that when you have a, a, a six person rotation right now. Uh, it's it's hard. It's really, really, really hard uh, to win in the SEC in any sport. But when the target is on your back. And you don't really have a whole lot of deep bench players. No Kateri Poole, uh, you know, Smith not being there. I mean, it's just hard. It's really hard. So um, I, 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 I really, really, really want this team to turn it around. And I think that they will. I think when the NCAA tournament comes around, you'll see Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese turn into Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, right? 
you're going to have a loss to the Raiders like the Chiefs had. LSU's had a loss to Auburn, and they had a loss at Mississippi State. I don't think it's going to matter with the NCAA tournament. And I think at this point, even if they are a three or four seed, they'll be fine. Okay? You still have some really good stories. Angel's still playing well. Flaje is playing well. Okay? So, you know, one thing I, I want to include about Flaje is last year, during the NCAA tournament, uh, she had some tough games. And this year, she has been very good. Right? And you got to think about all the things she's been doing this offseason. You can see that the fame of being, obviously, a transcendent musical talent um, and all the NIL opportunities and stuff she's gotten to do has not affected her game. She's she's playing a lot better than she did last season. And, of course, Anissa Morrow, her card is in the background right here. I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, but I think I think Haley will get going. I, I mean, it would be nice, though, if they can – you know, I know Samaya Smith being hurt's a big deal, but man, uh, not having Ladeja and Alexis Morris is is just it's tough. And I think we underrated them. Uh, 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 and underrated those stars last year. Dusty, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Hope you subscribe, ring the bell. Um, if you are new, this is our live stream schedule. Right here, Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays, 8.15 Central, Wednesdays at 6. Now, next thing I want to do, you guys know I'm firing takes. If you want to get to any single topic tonight, please feel free to super chat. Off seasons can get tough on your boy. I got rent due. Uh, wife planned an anniversary trip this weekend to Dallas. And I want to talk about this young man right here, Malik Neighbors, rocking the Johnny Dang Grill. I wish I could rock a grill and look that good, but I am not Malik Neighbors. Y'all, I'm just going to say this right now. Malik Neighbors is better than Marvin Harrison Jr. And I understand. Well, you're, you're the LSU guy. You're the LSU guy. You're the LSU guy. Of course you're going to say this. All right. Now, my patrons know this, and you got to sign up for Patreon to see this. And I hope none of my patrons share this because this is stuff that – this is information that you guys pay for that I share with, with, with just you. But there has been an instance in the past where I have not put an LSU player – Ahead of another player when it comes to how I feel about them at the next level. And I'll leave it at that. I understand that my credibility is at stake when stuff like this is said. When, when stuff like this is said, because, you know, I try my best to be as objective as I possibly can. I love LSU football as much as, as anyone on this freaking planet. I really do. But I like to call things like I see it. But. After watching a good bit of Marvin Harrison this weekend, he is so good. The Penn State game might be the best individual wide receiver performance in all of college football last season. In all of college football. He single-handedly won that game with bad quarterback play. Emily Neighbors had as good a quarterback play as you possibly could in their series of sport this year with Jaden Daniels. Emily Neighbors had Brian Thomas Jr. He had Mason Taylor. Had a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. He had Mike Dimbrock. Even with all that said, 
I am willing to say that Malik Neighbors will be a better NFL player than Marvin Harrison. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay? But you look at broken tackles. It's not close. Malik is a better tackle breaker. I think Malik has a little bit more of an extra gear. I think he's a little bit more dangerous with the football in his hands. Okay? Now, is Marvin the better jump ball receiver out of the two? Probably. Is Marvin probably a better route runner than Malik Neighbors? Slightly, yes. But, you know, I I just think I can do more as an offense with Marvin Harris with with Malik Neighbors. And the next thing I would say is, and, and I know Marvin Harrison's football IQ is through the roof. When you have a Hall of Fame dad, I get it. But Malik Neighbors knows how to play every single position on the field. Okay. I'm not saying Marvin Harrison can't. Marvin Harrison can kill you in the slot. He can. But Malik Neighbors is one of the smartest football players I've ever seen at LSU. The dude's football IQ and feel for the game is insane. It is absolutely insane. And I I really do mean this. I'm not in love with every LSU player that gets gassed up and gets first-round capital. Okay? Malik Neighbors is, is, is joined the tier of can't miss... Hall of Fame level NFL talent. And there's only two other players I have felt about that going into the NFL ever, ever. Jamar Chase, Patrick Peterson. Those are the only two I would bet the farm on being the next great thing in the NFL. I really do feel that great about Malik Neighbors. And it's not just me. It's what the fantasy guys are saying. It's what the NFL draft community is saying. It's what the film guys that know 10 times more about football. And I know I do film breakdowns, but there are plenty of people who do it better than me. The Ted wins of the world. All those guys. They're in love with him. He's the best player in this draft. And if he goes to the Chargers with Justin Herbert and Coach Harbaugh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I'm taking neighbors. I'm taking Malik Neighbors. And look, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. I'm I'm willing to put that out there. Okay. Now, could that be egg in my face? Sure. Because let's just say this is how the board falls out. Marvin Harrison goes to the Chargers. Malik Neighbors goes to the Giants. Well, Marvin Harrison is probably going to have a better career. Indoor stadium, Justin Herbert. With the Giants, outdoor stadium, Daniel Jones, New York weather. So where you land is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And Tar, yeah, I felt really, really, really good about Joe Burrow. Felt really, really, really good. But I the, the only thing that concerned me was Cincinnati. Okay, the landing spot did the factor in, but... I have a ton of tweets saying the same thing about Joe Burrow. So basically, I would put Joe Burrow in that tier with with those three. But I also think quarterbacking is way harder to predict. Way harder. Because landing spot is almost everything at quarterback. It is almost every last little thing. Okay? 
I I think you can be a very good receiver on a bad team for a long time. I think you could be a very good corner on a bad team for a long time. Okay. So I I'm I'm so dead set on Malik being him at the next level. Okay. Cause he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. My last thing about Malik neighbors before I continue. One thing that really sold me, all right, is the situations that Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison were in this year were opposite the year before, right? So the year before, C.J. Stroud was Marvin Harrison's quarterback, okay? And the year before, Malik Neighbors' quarterback was Jane Daniels. Jane, obviously, the year before, <laughs> was not the same as the guy he was this year. So the question that you need to answer is, did Malik Neighbors perform at a really high level with non-Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels in his first year at LSU? And the answer to that is unequivocally yes. Okay? And one thing I would, I would tell, if an NFL scout were to come to me and say, hey, look, if you truly believe this, tell me why. I would highly recommend taking a look at some of the catches Malik Neighbors made in his first season with Jaden Daniels as his quarterback. And the level of difficulty on some of the catches that this guy made is still breathtaking to me. Okay. Let's take the Alabama catch down the right sideline in the early portions of the first quarter that really got us going. Folks, that was against Elias Ricks, who's in the NFL. A guy that has gone up against Malik Neighbors in practice. So he knows him. And not only did Malik make that catch, that ball was a wobbler. Okay, Jaden threw a lot of wobblers in his first season. Didn't a whole lot in this in the second season. You know, receivers will tell you you still got to catch it. It's harder to catch a wobbler than a spiral. And did Malik have some 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 poor performances that year? He did. But he was far better good than bad. Okay. And I'm just telling you, this guy is this guy's him. He is him. Okay. I'm on Ross St. Brown is Tari's cop uh comp with uh, Malik neighbors. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. All right. Of course, if you're asking me right now, Tari. Who would I take in Dynasty right now? If I had to choose between Amon Ra, Emily Neighbors, I would be stupid to not take Amon Ra. Okay, because I know his situation. He's got Ben Johnson. Lions playing in an indoor stadium. He's got a good pocket quarterback in, in Jared Goff. But I still think Malik Neighbors is a better prospect. Um, Malik's faster. He, he's got a little bit more home run to him. And Amon Ra is not quite that, but he's still very good and probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. I, I think Malik Neighbors is 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 CD Lamb. I I think so. That's a guy that I keep seeing. Um, I, I think they're I think they're very similar, right? Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. 
and I know I spent a lot of time on it. I don't know NFL draft talk doesn't really move the needle here, but man. And I think some of you feel really good about Brian Thomas Jr., who could go to a far better landing spot. I will tell you, I will tell you, BTJ to the Bills would make a lot of sense. They need a pure deep ball receiver in the worst way. Okay. I do. And, and look, I, I, I think BTJ, if he gets in the right situation, could be something. Okay. But, you know, I, I am of the belief. I'm not a big Adunzi guy. It's just not really someone that I'm in love with. You know, one guy that's kind of someone I've fallen in love with is Lad McConkey. Yes. And you know what team Lad McConkey's going to go to. You know it. The New England Patriots. I know it. You know it. <laughs> but I, I think Lad McConkey, the dude, has got wheels. He makes people miss. That touchdown he had versus Florida State was stupid good. And I'm of the belief if him and Brock Bowers were healthy versus Alabama this year, they probably win that game. But man, Land McConkey. Bro. That dude can play, man. Could be a punt returner. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Someone's gonna someone's gonna say this in in, in just a second. Land McConkey. He reminds me of Cooper Cup. He reminds me of Brian Finneran. He reminds me of Ed McCaffrey, if you know what I mean. He reminds me of Jordy Nelson. <laughs> you know, you know, Lavacocky reminds me of Steve Largent. Fred Bolitnikoff. <laughs> For those that got that, you got that. He's got. He's someone you'd want to date your daughter. <laughs> He's got a high football IQ. Ha, 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 ha. Let's go to Brian. He wants to get back to some current uh, LSU chatter. <laughs> I hope you guys got that. Uh, <laughs> Wes Welker. That's a funny one. I like that. I believe realistically this LSU defense under Blake Baker year one will be the 2009 LSU defense. <laughs> Deep, but not as talented a DB. Small, but not as scrappy in the front seven. <laughs> Before I answer this, Brian, I love these. First one in, last one out. <laughs> He's got a the lunch pail, high motor, son of a coach. <laughs> First one, that's my favorite one. First one hit, he clocks in, <laughs> he clocks in, clocks out. I love it. Oh, man, I freaking love it. Um, 09 LSU defense. Let's 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 rewind the tape here. Okay, let's let's break down this 09 LSU defense. All right. Let's see, you got you to gotta throw back 
So that was okay. Patrick Peterson was oh nine. Year two, Patrick Peterson. Okay. And who else is on that defense? So that's that, that's Kevin. Is that Kevin Minter? No, it's not Kevin Minter. Let me see. Let me pull up the depth chart here. It's just kind of hard to go. Okay. Let's see here. Josh Downs. Okay. Pull it up here. Here's a depth chart. So young Michael Brockers, young LeVar Edwards. Drake Nevis. Okay, that was the star. I still go back to um, the biggest Drake Nevis fan is uh, Greg McElroy of Alabama. He's, he, he says Drake Nevis is the best player he ever played against. Drake Nevis would go off versus Alabama. Okay, linebackers, Kelvin Shepard. Uh, Ryan Baker, who really broke out in 010 and 011. Harry Coleman was a senior on that team. So, yeah, Kevin Minner was a freshman, didn't really play. Marquevious Mingo. Okay. Lamine Barrow. And then Chad Jones, young Ron Brooks, Jai Eugene. And there you go, Mo, Mo Claiborne. That's crazy. They don't even have Patrick Peterson listed on here. Oh, there he is. Okay, so under corners. Of course, that was uh, the Patrick Peterson interception year in 09. That was a good, good, good defense. Jacob Cotrera, Perry Riley was underrated. Very underrated. So that's a good blast from the past. I should know this defense from back to front, so I'm glad you called me out on this because I was at LSU, covered these guys. But it's kind of hard, you know, to go from Malik Neighbors to that. But you're all right. I mean, that was a scrappy front seven. That wasn't the, um, you know, Drake Nevis was a gap shooter. I mean, he just made plays. And look, a guy like Jaleel Muhammad could be the next gap shooter. He's not the biggest guy, but he's a playmaker. Okay, so really excited about that. I mean, um, Derry Beckwith, man, I love Derry Beckwith. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is actually a really good comp for 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 Lad. I like that one. Uh, John, uh, yeah, John Chavis, Chief. But to your point, I. I think next season will be a really good litmus test, Brian, of if defense really comes down, like how big a coach can change a defense, right? You know, I, I had an NFL scout, uh, and I've shared this before. So when I would sit in in college football press conferences, or excuse me, press box, uh, press boxes. So the way it, it was sad 
is like the big name writers were the advocate and the big newspapers and national writers. They would always get on the front row. And then there would be a second row, and that would be a lot of the big TV people and all that. And sometimes I would get put in like the back corner of like the second row. And sometimes on the third row. And I loved it because they would sit NFL scouts there. Okay. And I still talk to uh, some of them um, that I was able to maintain friendships with. Um, and, and one told me during the season, okay, that Jordan Jefferson, the LSU defensive tackle, is special. My buddy Cole Kubelik said Jordan Jefferson is special. And he wasn't used properly this year. And there were times Jordan Jefferson did some unreal things. Okay. And maybe it is scheme. Maybe we just did not have good defensive line coaching at all. Okay. And maybe we need Brad Davis. uh, And I said Brad Davis. Bo Davis. And Kevin Peoples to come in and and, and fix what needs to get fixed. Coaching-wise. So, look. I'm really excited about that opportunity and seeing LSU take that next step as um, a better defensive line, a more well-coached defensive line. And maybe that takes us to the next level. So I do agree with you, Brian, as far as like the coaching, I think Blake Baker's going to really just button us up. Mo Claiborne was a great Tiger. You know, what's very interesting is to this day, Mo Claiborne is the one LSU Tiger NFL draft prospect that busted, and it made no sense. It made absolutely no sense. There was not a single NFL draft personality that did not love the Cowboys trading out to go get Mo Claiborne. I've talked to Dallas national media that loved the move, and they, they could be ruthless. To this day, that never made sense to me. There has to have been something that happened. He had to have had an injury or something. It made no sense about Claiborne, who was so unbelievably dominant at LSU. Can't translate to the next level. For whatever reason. So look, you know, I know I spent a lot of time talking about Malik Neighbors tonight and how good I think he's going to be, how transcendent I think he's going to be in the NFL. But, man, I sometimes it doesn't work. There's a lot of different factors um, that, that go into a landing spot, your happiness, your drive, all those things. Okay. Tyler, what's up, man? Why, why did why did Cooper Flag become a conversation? Cooper Flag is going to be the most Duke player of all time next year, even more so than JJ Redick. God, he is going to get so much unwarranted hate by going to Duke. Yeah, Dusty, but with all due respect to, to, to Greedy Williams, Greedy Williams is a great LSU Tiger. 
Mo Claiborne was a Thorpe winner, right? It's it still baffles me that and and every team has one, right? And almost every single team has a corner, right? Like a lot of Alabama corners that were coached by Nick Saban stunk. I mean, stunk in the NFL. Now, some of them are really good. Marlon Humphrey and Drake Kirkpatrick, obviously he's a safety. Uh, Xavier McKinney, he's a nickel. But, you know, it's it's insane, man. And you're all right. You know, it's not... It's 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 not um I, I don't really care. I love Mo Claiborne the same. It it makes no it's no impact on me. It's kinda like when, when people get mad at Jamarcus Russell. It had no impact on you. <laughs> that that he sucked in the NFL. No impact. He was great at LSU. And sometimes Melder it is that. You know, sometimes that fire just doesn't burn for for same people. And look, that happens. That that happens, right? Look, I don't know how a lot of us would feel if you get signed to a five million dollar guaranteed deal, and then you step on an NFL field and see how violent and life altering it could be. You might lose that fire. Okay. Um, I don't know how many of you have signed a, a seven figure deal before. I know a few of you have uh, watching this. I hope that's me in the near future, but yeah, some people just don't, don't have that want to, right. And not everybody is got the Joe Burrow, Tyron Matthew mentality. Okay. Um, you know, and, and look. With all due respect to Mo Clemens, there's a lot of guys who were unreal, unreal in the NFL that we didn't expect to be. A lot. Trey Turner, obviously, is a pretty big example. That I don't think anyone thought he would be Pro Bowl best guard in the NFL level. And I don't think he was ever the best guard in the NFL, but there were times where you're like, God, Trey Turner is unreal. Let's go to Justin. What's up? Good to see you, Justin Valiant. Who do I think will get the number 18 jersey this upcoming football season? It's a very good question. Um, I, I do have a, a, a person in mind, and I think Brian Kelly could do uh, the same thing he did last year. I think it, I think it might be Emory Jones. Um. It's also a safe pick. You know Emory Jones is going to be very good next season. Obviously, that number has not as much to do with how good you are, but what you represent. I think it could be Emory Jones, um, and they put a patch on him. He should be able to just wear it, though. Um, Emory Jones, I think Mason Taylor obviously has a good shot at that. Uh, Josh Williams is coming back. That would be a really good one as well. I think Josh is going to be a good player for us uh, next year. And then – Defensively, it's kind of hard to to just point at one. I think Greg Penn would make some sense. And look, 
when Demon Clark got the number 18 uniform, we saw him take that next step under Blake Baker. Maybe it's the same thing with Greg Penn next year. So there's a lot of guys that you can point to and say deserve it. And those are just three. Once again, no intel on that. I know people love the jersey number conversation. And we'll buy, probably be having that one um, again next year. Um, so there you go. Let's go to Jim. Players win the game. Coaches can only lose it. Agree. Hmm. All right. Let me let me see. Players win the game. Coaches can only lose it. I I I could argue the opposite, but look. I do think what happens a lot more than what we would like to admit is when a coach is going up against an elite coach or an elite QB, they tend to do suboptimal things, okay? So the most prevalent example of this was one of the biggest playoff collapse losses ever this past weekend in the NFL. And I'm not talking about the Lions. I'm talking about the Ravens. Okay. So much has been made about the Lions this past weekend in the NFL. Okay. The truth is it was the Ravens who are a poorly coached and poorly disciplined team. Okay. The Lions made mistakes that lost in the game. The Ravens did not play a single good quarter of football the entire game. And they were one of the best teams in NFL history. If you actually look at DVOA and double digit victories. Okay. And John Harbaugh and Todd Monken will never live this down. They just won't. And both of them will probably be in pretty much every coach Hall of Fame you can think of. Harbaugh will probably make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's been great. And Todd Monkett has won two national championships and is one of the best offensive coaches at any level. But, God, they coach an all-time piece-of-crap game. All right? And I bring that up because, look, up to this point – I think Brian Kelly has done a mostly good job between the headsets. I don't think that he's had a that level kind of game in a big spot. Um, obviously, we've had some blowout losses, and those suck. But, man, that, the, the, the coaches really lost it, and the players really lost it. Okay? Um, and sometimes what happens in, in big NFL games, I think more so in the NFL than in college, Jim, is – you do see a lot of these Belichick and Brady, Mahomes and Reed teams, they don't necessarily go out there and win games. The other team just loses them, okay? And especially in that Ravens-Chiefs game, you see the Ravens had every single advantage. They had the home field advantage. They had the rest advantage. They had the health advantage. 
Chiefs were without an all-pro guard, um, an all-world linebacker. They were without uh, – Pacheco was also banged up. And they, they there was never a time in that game where you thought that the Ravens are going to win. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, Brandon says Greg Penn. We got some Harold Perkins combo, and I talked a whole lot about Harold Perkins. We also don't really know what Blake Baker wants to do with Harold Perkins. I don't think Blake's really fully come to a conclusion on that. I think he's obviously going to sift through a lot of film. You know, one thing from Blake Baker's standpoint is Harold Perkins did have one of his better off-ball linebacker kind of games versus Missouri. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, I never said what we were giving out tonight. Let's do this. First $20 Super Chat, we'll give out this BTJ Refractor. And if we do get to Hundo... We'll give out a Jane Daniels print. Our first fifty dollars super champ. We'll give you. I'll send you an eight by eleven Jane Daniels print. Okay. Yeah, it was stupid. Here's the thing about the Ravens that really pissed me off. I'm okay, like to a certain degree. Like, if you don't want to run the football, fine. It, it was stupid because the Ravens are a good running team. What really pissed me off is they didn't really use play action. And Lamar had opportunities to run, and he wouldn't run. And I think there were times where Lamar was like, oh, I got to I gotta just beat them from the pocket. No, run. <laughs> you are a transcendent runner. Jim, this is your chance, man. You can either, uh, and this BTJ is nice. This is a refractor card, so it's rare. Um, Jim, if you sign up for the Patreon, I'll send it to you. You should do it, man. See ball, get ball. Ha, 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 ha. A Joe Burrow card, guess what? Sign up for the Patreon. Okay, you get that with the Patreon membership anyway. Get a Joe Burrow card in the mail. Or I'll send you a Burrow tonight. Let me see. What what Burrow will I send you? I'll send you a really cool looking one tonight. Uh, for a $30 Super Chan. How about that? I don't have any Burrows. I've given out so many Burrows lately. All right. 
Um, I got a Twitter DM. Okay, shout out to our viewers on Twitter and X. Wanting me to talk about uh, Kayshawn. All right. This will probably be the last time I talk about it. All I'll say is this. Unless something new comes out. Y'all be careful. I'm being serious. (laughs) Be be very careful. Don't ever put up money that you you can't lose. You know, the thing for me is one of the worst things that can happen. And when you actually go look at the numbers that Kayshawn was was betting, that is an astonishingly high amount. All right. Now, what does it mean if you're betting high amounts of money and winning a lot of money? Okay. So sports books can limit you. If you're a winning better, they can prevent you from getting bets. If they deem you what's called a sharp, they can limit you. Where you can only bet like 20 bucks. And you know, there's a lot of conversations about limiting it at sports books from people that win a whole lot. I am not limited because I'm not a sharp. And I would say probably 90 to 95% of you aren't sharps. I'm sorry to say, but sports betting is not the same as sports knowledge. Some people think they're an inverse of each other, actually. Um, you know, Keishon was not limited. At least I don't think he was, um, especially if, if, if you have numbers like that. So, uh, you know, I, I would – I just wanted to be put out there. Just because you see that so-and-so won X amount, number one, doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. It also doesn't mean you're going to get that lucky and win that much. All right. Um, you know, I put a lot of time in in the wagers that I do play. And over the last couple of seasons, I've been a mostly winning player. But after starting off hot this year, I fell off a cliff. I just could not get things right. And, you know, I I try my best to run my own numbers and come to my own conclusions. Y'all, it's, it's hard. <laughs> sports are unpredictable. Um, sports are weird. <laughs> There's so many different things that go into it, down to the referee that's calling the game. Not necessarily a referee who is fixing a game. It's how a referee calls a game. It's the weather. There's so many different things that people don't piece together with like 50 leg parlays. It's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Okay. Yeah, Dusty. So really briefly, Patreon's an extra service where I share extra tidbits of my life and my views on on, um, LSU football. And it's just an extra way to support. We have our own private Discord community where um, we we chat pretty often. Uh, Sherry Berry's in there. Ellie Mom's in there. Jared's in there. Uh, a lot of people watching this are in there. And TLV's in there. So it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And I try to get as much bang out of your buck. And honestly, for the first time, I shared 
a story that happened to me in my media career that I've never shared publicly, and it was my last Patreon post. So you get two extra posts a week. Sometimes it's a podcast. Sometimes it's an extra film study on the Patreon itself. And that also gets you in the Discord community. And all you got to do, it's the first link in the description down below. It's patreon.com slash LSU football. You sign up. I send you a Joe Burrow card for signing up. And if you like to do so, you get a one-on-one chat with me. Okay? So, there you go. Yes, LD88, at the very beginning I did, but I'll do it again just for you. It's a big-time commitment. Full disclosure, I've not watched a whole lot of them. Okay? Um, and I've not watched a whole lot of um, Antoine either. Okay? I did spend a lot of time this weekend putting together this Marvin Harrison versus Malik Neighbors take. I watched a good bit of Marvin Harrison this weekend uh, just to see if, I, if, if I'm wrong on – uh, on on this take or if there was some bias and i like to be as thorough as i possibly can um but i am very excited about where we're going recruiting wise and anytime you get a high school offensive alignment it's a far more valuable position when it comes to high school recruiting so there you go now jared is on a hot streak with underdog fantasy and underdogfantasy.com please sign up today promo code is carter you get a deposit match bonus and obviously, you put in a hundo, they'll give you a hundo with my promo code, but you got to use my promo code Carter, C A R T E R, that's my name, in the promo code box. Sign up today, underdogfantasy.com. Let's go. But yeah, always do things responsibly, it's very important. So, for instance, you know, one thing on Underdog, they've already – so we can um, um, we, we, we can do an Underdog draft in the next couple of weeks because right now in Underdog, we are already drafting fantasy football for next season. So you can draft Jaden Daniels right now in Underdog Fantasy – and he'd be on your team next year, no matter where he goes. Okay. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code Carter. Not available in Louisiana just yet, but go sign up. Okay. Jared, who's in Alabama, has been on a hot streak. So there's all kinds of stuff on Underdog, higher lowers, all that stuff. Um, and it's important because um, I want to stay out with Underdog Fantasy. Now, I do want to get to one extra topic. Okay. And it does have to deal with one key LSU player. The guy we could consider as LSU's best player next year. But first, PHL. 
L Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Adam, I listen to a lot. I actually listen to the Underdog Fantasy um, podcast with Hayden Winks and Josh Norris. Ray GQ is also a great uh, fantasy football follow on Twitter. Um, the guy who actually designed my logos is one of the foremost fantasy experts on the planet. He's one of the most accurate fantasy football players to ever live. Uh, Scott Smith is another guy. He does more MMA stuff now, and um, he's a big fan of the channel. Um, so big shout out to Scott. Establish a run. Adam Silva. Adam Silva. Adam Silva? Really? Adam Levitan. Evan Silva. They're great. Um, I do mostly what's called best ball fantasy, and that's why Underdog and I have really gotten along. Um, I consider myself, to this point, a mediocre fantasy football player, but a very good best ball player. And what I love about best ball fantasy football is you draft your team, you don't do anything else. Underdog will set your lineups, whoever has the best scores every week. So you don't have waiver wire. And when you draft, you're done. And you could do a $3 draft and win 15 k You could do a $4 draft and win 20 k I know someone that did a $4 draft and won $4,000. Someone who participates in PHL. Okay? And you could do the same thing. All right? But, yeah, I... I take it seriously. I also have a, um, a, a, I, I have a group of fantasy football experts that uh, I chat with regularly. That includes my football card co-host, uh, Andy Kaysen, who is an analytic guru. And he actually used fantasy football analytics to get football cards and flip them for profit. He did this this past year where Brandon and I, you can made a fortune. So um, there you go. Oh, Dynasty Best Ball, that actually would be great. Would be uh, – yeah, that actually would be kind of fun. I would be more interested in in that than anything else. Now, I want to chat about Will Campbell here. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I go on random Will Campbell rants, and there's no news about Will Campbell. All right. And the reason why is because I don't want you to take what this guy's done for granted. I don't want you to take Emory Jones for granted either. Okay. And I say this because, you know, Will Campbell has a chance to be the best left tackle ever at LSU. It's going to be hard to beat Andrew Whitworth. He's obviously one of the goats at any position at LSU. But it is unreal what this guy's done. Unreal. All right. And I say all this because Will and Embry Jones could play two more seasons at LSU. And God, I hope so that they do. And look, 
they're so good that a five-star offensive tackle decided to go somewhere else so he can start in Lance Hurd, who's going to be a good player at Tennessee more than likely. I am just so blown away with those two. Will Will Campbell, Emory Jones. They have a bond. They have a deep friendship. They're competitive. And they just don't flinch. They just don't. Okay? And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I realize how important that is at left tackle. And it's crazy. Like, even from a non-LSU perspective, you can appreciate greatness. You appreciate Tim Tebow. You appreciate Minka Fitzpatrick. You appreciate whoever you want to appreciate. Julio Jones. Even guys that play at the most rival or rival schools. Will Campbell is, is, is just, he might not reach like the all-time Willie Rofe level player, but he's so freaking good. So freaking good. Isn't that crazy, him here? It, it could happen. It could happen. And you should save this uh, for, for if it does happen. TOV says he doesn't want a sports bet because he's worried about a man knocking on his door at four in the morning. <laughs> huh? 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 I get that um, big time. Dude, that it doesn't make sense that. Like, like the the TikTok. Actually, I say TikTok. The taxes. It's crazy how that works. And even if you win a big amount of money in gambling, they're gonna come get you. They're gonna come get theirs. Okay. Cliff wants to talk about the NIL violations for Tennessee. All right. So I was going to say this for the end. I'm glad we are here. It did a TikTok on this earlier today at Card of the Power. Let me see. All right. Touched on everything I want to touch on. And it's not the end. If you super chat, we'll keep going. I don't mind going all night. We'll be live tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central. I will be traveling tomorrow, so I might get pushed back just a little bit. Um, but still. Um, you know, we're, we're, we can get into our, our, our soapbox about paying college players and the sanctity of college sports. And look, we all have our opinions on that. Okay. I got a fresh cut today. I don't even know why I'm wearing a hat. It's my PHL hat, though, so I'll put it like that so you can see this. Jenna, Justin. 
Y'all, it's going to be a point where LSU pays offensive lineman X, linebacker Y, whoever it is, $50,000 a year to play football at LSU. Whatever the number may be to play football at whichever school. And I'm for it. It's way better than what we have now. Way better. And I know it's easy to trash the NCAA. I know it's easy. But they're in over their heads. And this is always the case with sloppy business models. College football should not make sense. And one of the big things that really hit me when I went to England uh, with uh, my then fiance was, you know, like English people are so nice and they want to get to know you. And I would explain to them that I'm a college football YouTuber. And, you know, English people are familiar with the NFL because the NFL, you know, plays in London every year. But they're not familiar with college football. Some of them are, and, and it is big in, in the NFL. And I have a friend, Alex, who lives in Brighton, and he is um, a college football YouTuber himself. But explaining college football to a European, it doesn't make any sense. Then you'll tell them, oh, are they professionals? Uh, not really. But do they get paid? Ah, they, they they do. But they're students. Yeah, they are, but some are, but they're not really students. And then I explained to them, not all of them get degrees to actually go to the NFL. It's, it's a weird sport to explain to someone that doesn't follow it because it's a weird business model. When we get to the point where schools are playing, paying players, 25k a year to go to it when you really break it down that's a business model that makes the most sense the one that makes the least sense is what we're doing right now okay i prefer the way old system where there were guardrails and rules okay but i also prefer players making money off their name image or likeness but that's not what this is. It's not. Okay? Something's got to be done about it. Of course, Tennessee was going to get slapped on the wrist for the Nico stuff. That was never really a mystery, what actually went on with that. But what happened to Alex Atkins with Florida State is stupid. Stupid. Florida getting penalized for Jane Rashada. Stupid. It's stupid. So the quicker we get to that level, and Charlie Baker, the new head of the NCAA, he wants to get to that model. Or at least that's how I understand it. Because... 
the players do deserve something. They do. They do. And exactly, Amir. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and the truth is, like, for instance, let's, let's take let's take Will Campbell, for instance. I see Will Campbell television ads for for Creed and Creed, uh, some attorneys in, in West Monroe. And that makes sense. You know, Will Campbell, of course, has a brand and is obviously a North Louisiana legend. His name, image, and likeness does carry some serious weight for an attorney in North Louisiana. So that makes a lot of sense. He should be allowed to do that. But he should also be earning a salary. It's hard being an LSU football player, especially a really good one. He should be learning. A, he should be earning a base. Okay. So. I'm fine with that. A chance makes a good point. Deserve something, they get stuff. I'm cool with NAL, but don't say they don't get something. No. I would agree to a certain extent. In life, you're not... Do you really deserve anything in life? You are what you get paid for, Right? Yeah, they do get something. They do get an education and all that stuff. But I'm I'm also fine with them getting a salary. Okay. Um you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And I'm I'm fine with players on the team making a 25k a month or not a month, but a year. Twenty-five a year ain't okay. Tell me about it. <laughs> huh? 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 Uh, man, tell me about it. Now, <laughs> Cole, I see, see what you did there. Yeah, Jared, and that's a problem. Okay. The fact that the NCAA couldn't see what this was going to turn into is a problem. Okay. And they had years to figure it out years years 
I'd love to have him on. Tell him to come on. Now, this debate will probably rage on for the rest of the evening. And that's okay. That should be an awesome debate. And I'll continue having it in the PHL Discord. Okay? Now, don't forget, on Patreon right now, one of my hottest takes If you want to learn more about my media career, it's on Patreon. It is. Power out. LSU. Boom. I'm going to watch some Devin Harper tape right now. Shout out to our top super chatter. It was Trey. Jared also super chatted tonight. And BT. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. Appreciate your IG messages as well, man. Thank you for all the support. And tonight, we're doing burgers. Night two. Let's go. We'll see you tomorrow at six. Let's go.